Mark Santiago here, and welcome to the Empowered AF Podcast, where each episode we share powerful strategies to help you communicate, act, and lead like an empowered man. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so let's go to how to apply this to your situation. So we'll call this the save the marriage as the first thing, okay? This is probably the most common thing we see on our applications. I want to save my marriage. Uh, this is the most common thing we see amongst guys who are coming into our Facebook group and you know asking for more information or whatever is, I want to save my marriage. So if, if this is you, if you're the guy who's like, I want to save my marriage, pay very close attention to these questions and how we apply these questions to yourself. If you want to save the marriage, what are you willing to tolerate from your wife moving forward? What are you willing to tolerate from your wife moving forward? Are you willing to tolerate cheating? Are you willing to tolerate her calling you names? Are you willing to tolerate her stonewalling you and shutting down emotionally? Are you willing to tolerate her gaslighting you? Are you willing to tolerate yourself moving forward? Are you willing to tolerate how you show up? Are you willing to tolerate how you're a baby around her? Are you willing to tolerate that you can't communicate to her? Are you willing to tolerate that? The next question is, what are you too valuable to allow or tolerate? So this is the flip. This is the, this is the line. This is what I'm looking for are boundaries here. What are you too valuable to allow? Most common one guys would say is, I'm too valuable to allow cheating. So therefore, I'm not going to allow cheating in here. Or I'm too valuable to allow her to yell at me or scream at me. Great. Awesome. Answer that question. The next one is, what have you been promoting to her with what you tolerate? This is one of my favorite uh, lines, quotes I got from a leadership coach one time. And he said, what you tolerate is what you promote to other people. It blew my mind because I'm like, holy shit, what I'm doing is I'm teaching her how to talk to me. The way I show up as a man has everything to do with how your wife responds to you. Man, I am divorced. My ex-wife will not raise her voice at me anymore. My ex-wife will not try to toxically text me anymore. My ex-wife does not try shit with me anymore because I learned how to show up. In fact, because of that showing up, there is still this desire or has been a desire for her to make things work between us, even though we're already divorced. And this isn't to pat myself on the back like, oh, I'm this great man, but it's to say that some of you are driving her the fuck away because you don't know how to show up as a man. And all you're doing is promoting to her, talk to me this way because this is the way I'm talking to you. You get into these toxic texting bullshit matches with her. You get into these verbal sparring matches with her. You allow her to treat you a certain way. You don't communicate and set boundaries. You don't drop power triangles. You don't use power statements because you don't know how. And you're sitting there on the sidelines trying to figure out all this stuff because you're afraid to invest in yourself because you're like, what if it doesn't work? I mean, dude, we get those guys all the time. Had a guy sign up for a 30 day challenge two days yesterday. And, and he called, he called back, a, a, he called back and was like, I want a refund because my wife just told me it won't work. And I'm laughing to myself because I'm going, bro, you signed up for the wrong fucking reason. This isn't like, here's the tips and the silver bullets 
to get her back because that's control. It's suboptimal living. If you want optimal living, you can't be about control. It has to be about congruence with who you are. And many men just can't go there because they're willing to tolerate all kinds of bullshit. I did it. I tolerated just like you did cheating affair, whatever bullshit, emotional abuse, bullshit, all this stuff, because I did not value myself. I did not value myself as a man. And you go, well, how do you do that? You've got to be around other men that are going to value you. The more I put myself around other men who valued me, who spoke to my masculinity, who spoke to the journey inside of me and said, you are more than enough. That, that you deserve better than that, the more I started to value myself and said, wait a second, I don't have to put up with this shit. That I can say, hey, it's not okay for you to talk to me this way. Hey, this isn't how I want to have a marriage. I want to lead a true marriage. I want it to be healthy and whole and complete, not this other stuff. Guys, there's so many of you living suboptimally because you're settling for bullshit. You're settling for scraps. You're settling for crumbs. And there's so much more for you. If you would just get to a place where you see your own value and where you know inside that you deserve better and you deserve more, that you would not settle for bullshit. You would not settle for scraps. And it took me getting to that place where I said, I am not settling for this anymore. I laid out a path. This is what a new marriage should look like. And this is the way it should go forward. And if you can't live with that, then we are done. And that kind of thinking is so hard for so many men because they're addicted to pussy. They're addicted to something that is not even real. The fantasy of this marriage, this fantasy of this woman who is dead. Because the second she says, I want out, the second she's having an affair, the second that these things are going on, it is done. The old marriage is done. The only way forward is this optimal path. And we're going to talk about that in a second. So ask yourself this question. What does it look like for her to come back to the marriage? And after you've answered all those things, I want you to look at this deeply and say, is this path suboptimal or optimal? Is this path suboptimal or optimal? All right, let's go to the next path. Divorce. There's some guys that come in here and they want a divorce. Why? Why do you want to get divorced? Are you just quitting? Are you just quitting? Because she said she doesn't like you, so you're going to take your ball and leave? <laughs> well, fine. Fuck you then. What boundaries has she crossed or covenants has she broken? This is for the guys who haven't been cheated on. You know, and you're just tired of her bullshit. You're just tired of her whatever. And again, I'm not saying don't divorce her. What I'm saying is answer these questions. Why do you want to divorce her? What boundaries has she crossed for you? Next one is, is it possible to have a new marriage or are you just choosing to move on completely? Ask yourself this question because if you're thinking about divorce, you need to be concrete on these things. You need to be absolutely 100% concrete on these things. And then the final question there is, are you prepared for the consequences of divorce? Financially, relationally, spiritually, emotionally, kids, family. There is a lot of consequences that come with divorce. And some divorces are worse than others. Some are harder than others. Somehow mine was not that hard. It was hard, but it wasn't nearly as hard as what so many other men face. 
And I think that's why so many guys are afraid of it is they fear the unknown. They fear, they fear living in somebody's basement for the next three years and only seeing their kids every other weekend. And look, I don't know state laws all across the country, but I know more and more states and more and more places absolutely do not agree with that. And they make sure that men get 50-50 custody. But here's the thing. A lot of men sabotage that because they prefer being teenagers instead of men. Yeah. They prefer being a teenager who gets to hook up on Tinder and Bumble every week, every day. And then, oh, they get their kids on the weekends. And so they take them to McDonald's and say they're a good dad. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. If you're going through what you're going through, separation, divorce, whatever, don't be that guy. Be the guy who says, you know what? Fuck divorce. My kids are going to feel like they've, they're just, we're creating a new family. That's what I did. When I, when I left, you know, the whole bachelor pad thing, like, oh, maybe I should get an apartment, you know, and like live this new bachelor life. But I'm like, that's not all my kids need. I had four kids. My kids need a dad. I believe they need a mom as well. But in this case, the mom and dad are now separate and are going their separate paths. I decided to go, okay, when they come to my house, they're going to feel like it's just a new chapter for them in the Santiago family. That it's not just, oh, we're, we're at dad's house and it's, you know, bachelor pad. So I got a bigger house so that they all had the room. I mean, they're still sharing because I got four kids, but in terms of they had their own space, they felt comfortable, had a pool. I mean, I sacrificed. I, I even paid more than I was paying at my other house for the reason that I wanted them to feel like, hey, there is, this isn't the end. This is not going to be all eating out of beans and cans and cans of beans or whatever. You know, it's like, we're not just going to be poor and broke and just whatever, because I don't have that mindset. My mindset was like, I have a high standard of living and I'm going to keep living to that. Even when my other business was crashing and falling apart, I was able to put together the cash to do what I needed to do, do some side work, consulting, whatever I had to do to make sure it happened at a high level. Guys, some of you are just living suboptimally. You know, I would say most of you are living suboptimally. I, I very rarely meet men that are living an optimal life, meaning that they're, they're choosing an optimal path forward. They're choosing a path that is less than optimal because that's what they're satisfied with. I mean, like, be honest with yourself. Why are you living a suboptimal life? All right, so final one here. Create a new marriage. This is the one for the guys who want to save the marriage that we say, hey, you know what? It's really not about that. You can't save a dead marriage. Go, oh, man, God, God can restore anything. We, you know, reconcile. Oh, I totally believe that. I totally believe that God can raise things from the dead. I am a Christian. I know there's a lot of you don't believe that for whatever reason, because I use the F word, but I am. And I do believe that God can do those things. But here's the thing. What I believe, and I, and I believe God can back this up, is that it's about a new marriage, a new covenant, a new testament, as opposed to an old one. That he would want you to move forward with something new than try to drag up from the dead. And the whole purpose is to live a new life if you want to use the Christian stuff, a new life in Christ, same thing, new marriage. The old marriage was dead. We must move forward with a new marriage. Here's what that new marriage looks like. A new marriage that is based upon new values, the values that you share with her that are higher level, where we go, hey, you know what? We're going to communicate to a higher standard. Instead of having this toxic stuff, I'm going to go and work with empowered man on how to communicate like a leader. I'm going to go work with Empowered Man on letting go 
of all the shit that I've been through with you. Letting go of the trauma, letting go of the pain. And I'm going to work with Empowered Man on how to become a leader because that's what I need right now. And then while you're doing that, if she's serious about having a new marriage, instead of her waffling around, she's going to watch you. And the more focused you are on you building your life, she's either going to be attracted to that, like beat, like beat to honey, or she's going to be totally repelled by that. Men, that's what you want right there. You want a woman who falls in love with you again because of the man that you are becoming, not the man you were. The man you were is dead. The man you're becoming is still ahead of you. I don't want to go back to being 20 years old. Shit, hell no. I want to, I want to continue moving forward to the man I'm becoming. Because the man I'm becoming is greater. He's evolved. He's, he's more knowledgeable. He's more wise. He has all those things. Do I want to take traits of joy and happiness and the things that I had as a, as a 20-year-old? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't want to become a 20-year-old again. So when you think about creating a new marriage, the question you need to ask yourself is, why do I want to have a new marriage with this person? Why? Is it because she's great in bed? Is it because she gives good head? Like, why do I want to be married to this person? Is it because you can't live without her? Because that's not a good enough reason. If you want a new marriage, there has to be values aligned with that. That new marriage is based upon your, your faith in God and says, and where Jesus talks about divorce and things like that. And you're like, you know what? I'm willing to forgive her. I'm willing to let go. I want a new marriage with this person because I believe that's what we should have. Awesome. Go with that. But make sure you are concrete on your why. When, when you don't know why, people won't buy. When you don't know your why, people won't buy. That applies to us in business when we sell, but it also applies to you when you are selling the idea of a new marriage to your wife. I don't know if these guys realize how much I'm dropping on them right now. This, yeah, I know. That was great. <laughs> this is they some heavy very shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's the thing is if you don't know why she won't buy it, she, she will think you were just trying to manipulate her again because you've done it before. You've said you'll change. You said this will happen and nothing changed. Or you'll change for six weeks. And then, you know, like we tell the story all the time, guys will come in our Thrive program and they're like kicking ass and they're like learning the stuff and they start using our communication strategies and she starts what we call leaning back in like, oh, he's, he's talking to me different. Oh, he's not as toxic as he was. And they're like, oh man, they show up in the calls like, man, this stuff's working. She's coming back and like, bro, are you doing this for you or for her? Yep. Because if you're doing this for her, this is going to fail miserably. Yeah. And what they're doing is manipulating her. So then she leans back in and they're like, yes, guess what happens? They stop doing the work. They disappear yeah. from the calls. They're no longer doing their homework. They're not showing up for anything. They're not in community with the guys. And then six weeks later, they're like, oh my God. I'm at the end of my program and she disappeared again. I don't know what yeah. to do. Dude, how many times does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> a, lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. And that's, and that's why, honestly, that's why we get guys to financially commit all in, all up front. We want you coming in, paying the full amount to thrive because we know that that has a greater likelihood of you getting the most results, the highest return on your investment. What we sell is not cheap, but transformation, you can't put a price on it. And the transformation we offer in our Thrive program is fucking unreal. 
I am not the type of person that can sell anything unless I believe in it. I 100% fucking believe in it. I believe in the team we have. I believe in the content we do. And if I believe a guy will come in, be humble, be teachable, and do the work, Thrive will fucking transform your life. We have men that come in to Thrive and, dude, they're just miserable. They're messed or whatever. All this shit's happening. And they leave because they did the work. They leave. And they're in a completely different place. And the yeah. place they are in life is this. They are free. They're like, man, you could just see it on the calls. They're like, man, I just, like, I've never felt this amazing. And nothing changed with their wife. Nothing changed with their situation. In fact, a lot of them still end up in divorce court. But they're like, now I know how to do this. Now I know how to communicate with her. Now I'm, I'm not letting all this shit get to me because I've dealt with and owned my shit. And now I lead a life. I've built a new life. My kids are in love, in love with me. My kids love what I'm doing. And she's miserable. And it's funny almost. Not because Mark, they want to see guys, Go ahead. No. How many guys have you had that have come through Thrive I know that I can count on, I'm thinking of at least five right now that have come through Thrive and at the end of it, they're like, man, listen, I came in here for you to tell me how to save my marriage. And um, I, I really was kind of covert. Like, I know you said all that stuff on the call, Billy, but that was really my intention. And after I got through the end of it, like it's, I kind of, my eyes were opened. Like how many guys do you think there are that are like that? I don't know. I mean, we've had hundreds of guys in the program I would say probably 50%, at least 50% come in with that mindset of, okay, they're going to teach me some things that are going to help me win my marriage. And then the guys who quit in the middle are the guys who come in for that reason when she's not coming back to the marriage. And then they're like, oh, you guys suck. Or, oh, you didn't really teach me anything. Like, no, you're an arrogant asshole and you don't know how to fucking submit yourself to a process. Yeah. There's several of you probably listening to this right now. Like, oh, fuck you, Mark. Okay. How's that working for you? Yeah. How's being a prideful, arrogant asshole working for you? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's suboptimal. That's your choice. Dude, you can live a suboptimal life. I'm not here to tell you you're, you're stupid for doing that, but I am pointing out to you the fact that you're living suboptimally. And you can choose that. If you want to hang with me, if you want to hang with my team, if you want to hang with people that are successful in life, in business, in relationships, we've got amazing relationships because we use this shit in our life. Billy uses this stuff in his life. Joey, Andrew, we all use this stuff in our life. It is a core requirement to be a part of our team. And, it, and, it, and if you're using this stuff, your life isn't just amazing. Your life is optimal. That's the difference. We, every day is not going to be amazing. I had a, a, a fight with my, my fiance the other day, and, and it was a, a point of contention that we then had to work out where I then had to use power statements where I then had to apologize where then I had to own my shit because that's what I do. And it's fucking humbling and it's hard, but I am the empowered man and I live my fucking message. And if you want to hang with that, you're going to have to raise your game. You're going to have to raise your level, whether it's financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically, you're going to have to raise your level because you come into our world, you will transform or you'll get the fuck out. I mean, that's literally what happens. Men come in and they either fully engage and they're like, fuck yeah, this is what I needed. Or they're like, I'm fucking out because they don't want to deal with somebody telling them that the way they've been showing up has been suboptimal. They want to live 
optimally without actually doing the work. I want to end with this final piece here. I know this was a longer training than we normally go, but I've really felt like we need to do this. Choose your most optimal path. This, you know, with the, the, what we call the OPM, OPF method. Here's what traits of suboptimal path is, what we call lower standards. You're trying different things and seeing what happens. You're just throwing shit out there. You're like, well, maybe if I do this, maybe if I do that, then, then maybe she'll come back to me. Okay. You're going to the gym and you're reading. This is what I call external distractions. These are good things, but they're distractions because they're not actually getting you where you need to be. Reading a book is awesome. It's good for intellect. It's good for intelligence. And you can talk intelligently to her. But there's a difference between reading a book and becoming the book. You can read the book all day and have all the head knowledge. There's another thing between reading it and becoming it. That's transformation. The transformation process is what we offer in our Thrive Program, where you become an empowered man. Instead of living a disempowered life, instead of being a disempowered man who reads a bunch of shit and talks a big game, but when push comes to shove, he screams at her, he goes off on her, he loses his shit, he doesn't know how to be with his kids, he doesn't know how to show up, he has no morning routine, he has no way of actually living his fucking life, and he just ho-hums it, and his, and his, greatest, his greatest excitement in life is to like watch a Bears game and drink beer with his buddies. What kind of fucking life is that? It's suboptimal. Nothing wrong with football. I love football. I love watching football. I watch football every Sunday. But that's not what I live for. I live for legacy. I live for building something on this earth before I'm dead because I'm not promised tomorrow. And whatever tomorrow holds is whatever tomorrow holds. But today, right now, on this call, I've dedicated 45 minutes to you guys for free to come here and to listen because I want to build something in you. Whether you ever give me money or not, whether you ever become a client or not, some of you listen to my podcast every day and you've listened for a year and you've never become a client, that's on you. And I'm not mad at you. I'm okay with that. That's part of the legacy that I want to build though. I'm, that's what I live for. What are you living for? What the fuck are you living for? Why are you living? If you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm living. Then you need to find it. Because that passion, you lack passion, you lack purpose, you lack a woman that has passion and purpose. If you, if you come to the table and you have no passion and purpose, you're, the woman you are with will have no passion and purpose. And therefore, it's much easier for her to leave you. It's much easier for her to go sleep with somebody else because that becomes her passion and purpose. But when you show up with passion and purpose, guess what? You attract a woman with passion and purpose. And when you both have passion and purpose and you come together, you build something that's way bigger than what you could ever build. Go for it. I know you want to say something. Yeah, one of my, because that leads to one of my favorite things that I say on a call is you are not going to attract a nine if you're at a three. And I'm not talking about physically, right? I'm talking about spiritually, emotionally, mentally. If you don't have your shit together, your whole purpose is to be a leader. Probably the reason why a lot of you guys, and this isn't taking a shot at anybody, but probably a reason why a lot of you guys are in the situation that you're in is because you weren't a leader in the household. You weren't a leader in the communication aspect. You weren't a leader spiritually, right? And she is looking for a leader, right? She's looking for a leader. So you're not going to attract that nine emotionally, right? Oh, my girlfriend's bat, my wife's bat shit crazy. Well, probably you're bat shit crazy too. Right, like, you should look in the mirror. Like, you are who you going... choose, man. You are who you choose. Exactly. So I, I absolutely love that. It's one of my favorite things to point out to guys because they want to point the finger everywhere else. 
but it starts with you. Yeah. Yep. We cannot live life hitting the she button. This thing is a waste of fucking time. Hitting the she button is the quickest path to destruction for your own life. I see so many guys leave this group or leave what we do and they just tuck their tail behind them and they just become bitter assholes. That's those other groups you see. Those, the, there's dad groups, there's single dad groups, there's these whatever groups and all they're like, man, my fucking baby mama, fuck that bitch, blah, blah, blah. All this nasty language about another person that you chose to hook up with, that you chose to sleep with, that you chose to be with. Who's the common denominator? You are, Mr. Asshole. Because it's not about her and how she treated you. It's about me and how I respond to her. So I like the gym reading. I do those things, but don't let those be the external distractions because usually they are for guys that are new, especially buying her flowers, apologizing, writing her letters, et cetera. Cling, cling, cling. Oh God, this shit, man. This is so suboptimal. Look, she doesn't care about you buying flowers. And if she does, if, if you buying her flowers is what gets her to turn back around and come back to the marriage, I would say it was already kind of weak as it was. Um, buying flowers, apologizing. Oh, baby, I'm so sorry. Look, she doesn't give a fuck about your apology because your apology is about you. It's not about her. Most men do not know how to apologize. I'd say 95 to 99% of men do not know how to hold an actual apology because they were taught wrong. They were taught it's I'm sorry. I'm sorry is not an apology. That's about you. It starts with I. And an apology, a true apology is about her and what she felt and what she feels and how this made her feel. If you can't understand that, you are struggling. That's one of the first things, actually, about midway through our Thrive program that we teach you how to do. Telling Most who, guys apologize like my four-year-old Jack. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Daddy. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mommy. Don't be yeah. mad at me. Yeah, you know? don't be mad at me. Exactly. Don't be mad at me. That's what it's about. It's about don't be mad at me anymore. Come back. We can work this out. We can do this. Yep. And she's like, it's too late. You had your chances. You had multiple chances, but you didn't pay attention. You didn't hear me. You didn't love me. You, you didn't value me. And why, why should I come back? You're just going to change for you. You're not changing for me. And I don't want you to change for me. I want you to live your life and I want to be attracted to that. That's why women that are, that cheat a lot of times, uh, 95, I don't know how many percentage, but most of it's, it's all about emotional needs being met. It's not physical for the most part. And those emotional needs that get met through men who are willing to be available and show up emotionally for them because they are dry sponges. I can spot them a mile away when I see a couple together and I go, that woman is primed for being cheated or for having an affair because she is dry and she doesn't have the nurture and love and respect. Why? Because the man does not how to fucking articulate so those of you who say, oh, I, don't, I don't even know how to communicate. I'm a good communicator. I, I, tell, I tell her things and stuff, but you can't even articulate a fucking emotion. You can't drop a power statement. You have no idea how to drop a power triangle. You don't know how to set the narrative. You don't know how to tell her the story you're, you're believing about yourself. You don't know how to do any of that stuff, but yet you know how to communicate. Okay. Okay. Like own your shit, dude. Like those guys, they piss me the fuck off because they are, again, prideful and arrogant about their level of communication when their level of communication skills, in my opinion, is usually about a three or four when they could be living at a nine or 10, which is optimal. Again, comes back to, do I want to live suboptimally or optimally? All right, we got to wrap this up. So I'm going to get to the last piece here. So if you want the optimal path, highest standards, this is where you live. You understand both internal and external pain and how it affects you. 
This is super key because if you don't know the difference between the two, you don't know how it's affecting you. What is happening to you is not the same that's happening inside of you. What's happening inside of you is a connection to what's happening outside of you, but they're two different things because how you're responding has everything to do with the trauma in the back of your brain, your amygdala, and how you know how to process pain. So if you don't know how to process internally, therefore the external pain is going to amplify the internal pain. So if you're being rejected, if you're being yelled at, if you're being those things, that's the external stuff that's coming at you because you don't have the tools for how to deal with that, you're triggered internally and therefore you manifest shit that makes it worse and pushes her away. So if you don't know how, to, if you don't understand those things and how it's affecting you, you're fucked. Second thing, traits of an optimal path, neutralizing her as a woman and respecting her boundaries. A lot of you already know about this. We preach this concept of neutral woman. The concept of neutral woman, and a lot of Christians hate me for this, um, which is funny, but they do because they think, oh, well, I'm supposed to love my wife and, and respect her and honor her and all these things. And yes, I love that. And Jesus does say those things. But here's the other piece of that is that when somebody doesn't want to be with you and tells you, leave me alone, stop calling and texting me and telling me, baby, I love you and all these things, respect her boundaries. The whole purpose and prognosis behind neutral woman is to neutralize the power she has that is controlling the emotions inside of you. So we teach and have built that concept into men so that they can detach from the outcome of winning her back, saving the marriage and be a man again, because that's what she craves. She craves you not clinging to her and constantly trying to manipulate and win her back. What she craves is you giving her space, you loving yourself, getting fed internally, doing the transformation work, like in the Thrive program, doing those things, that's what she wants to see. And if she sees enough and she decides to come back, awesome. We have it happen all the time. But let your new marriage be a result, a byproduct of the internal work you're doing. Not it be the main goal. Because if the main goal is that, you are living suboptimally. Because again, it's about control, not congruence. Focus on what you can control. This is another big one because so many men are trying to control shit they can't control. They're trying to go, well, she can't do this and she can't do that. She can't go to this person's house and she can't talk to that person and she can't, she can't, she can't, she can't, she can't, she can't. She can't do all those things. She can't, she can't drop my kids off at nine or whatever, you know, like, like all these things about what you try to control. Look, let me tell you, as a divorced dad, um, there are things that I cannot control about what my ex-wife does. I can't make her do certain things. So I don't even attempt to control her. I may ask for things. Hey, I'd ask that you don't do that. Or, hey, I would ask that you don't do that. Or I would set boundaries about things. But there's a difference between boundaries and control. Control is about manipulation for the purpose of you. Boundaries is about both. It's for both people. You know, I can set a boundary for her and I can set a boundary for myself. Hey, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to talk to her this way. This is the big one that a lot of men miss. Is setting a boundary for yourself looks like not having toxic communication. Like, I'm going to set a boundary for myself. I'm not going to cuss her anymore. I'm not going to yell her anymore. I'm not going to text her bullshit anymore. I am not going to do those things because that's not okay for me to do. That's not how I'm going to show up. So setting boundaries for yourself is the next thing, protecting yourself from external pain, which, which means not engaging in those types of dialogues, not getting involved in that toxic bullshit, not getting involved with who she's dating. There's guys in this group, and listen to my podcast, who put GPS trackers on their wife's car after she's left the house. Fuck that. You are setting yourself up for pain. I once had a client who literally still had connected to her iMessage through one of their products and could like was watching everything she did in terms of her affair. 
I did the same shit with my, with my wife. I knew all the, the people she was talking to, et cetera. And it was like, I was a glutton for pain because I, that's what I felt like I deserved. I felt like I deserved that punishment. And so I continued to punish myself by making myself see that she's, she's hurting me, see that she's sinning against me, see that she's doing these things. And that is the self-punishment that we focus on because again, we don't value ourselves inside. Detaching from the outcome where we mitigate internal shame, right? Because internal shame says that if I can't get her back, I must not be a real man. And that's not true. That is not true at all. If I can't save my marriage, if I get divorced, what does it mean to you, right? There's so much, there's religious things, there's personal things, there's family dynamics. There's all these beliefs that we have that are associated with divorce, that are associated with the end of a relationship, but you have to detach yourself from the outcome. You have to go, hey, I want a new marriage with her and I'm going to do everything I can to create a new marriage. But at the end of the day, she has to join me in that marriage. It's like, uh, you can be the greatest three-point shooter of all time and you do everything to practice. You do everything to, to show up for a game. It was it Ray Allen was one of my favorite players, the Miami Heat back in the day. And he had a routine that was like three or four hours long before he went in for, for the game. And, and he was just a sharpshooter. I mean, like that's all the guy fucking did. Not that he was a bad basketball player, but especially as he got older, he, he extended his career by being a three-point sharpshooter. And I remember the game against San Antonio Spurs in the 2013 NBA Finals on the, on the Heat's home floor, game six of the finals with just seconds left. LeBron had missed a shot. Chris Bosh saw Ray Allen, got the rebound, hit Ray Allen to the side. Ray Allen didn't even look at his feet, didn't even look at the three-point line, caught the ball midair, backed up, to where he knew the three-point line was in his head and shot that ball. Now, his preparation got him to the place of being able to take the shot, but the ball fell in because of fate. The ball fell in because of the aerodynamics of everything. But he could have shot it perfectly, and it could have just been a half inch to the left, and it could have clanked off the rim, and he would have been okay with it because he did everything he could to prepare for that shot. He was in the right place at the right time. It happened to fall. And there's other times where it doesn't fall. And I think that's where we have to be as men. The final thing is focusing on a new marriage and joint responsibility. This is the healthiest form of marriage is where you are focused on joint responsibility. She has a responsibility. You have a responsibility. It's not all on you. You are responsible for you. You're responsible for your marriage. You're responsible for those things. But she also has a responsibility to come back to get her own healing, to do her work, to do those things. How do you want to wrap this up? And I already dropped the link in the comments. Um, also, guys, if you're watching this live, if you watch this later on, drop notes and myself will, I will send over the notes from this um, live over to you. But there's also an application in there. If you feel like you're ready to do the work, if you feel like you're tired of sitting on the sidelines of like what Mark said on this call resonated with you and you're in alignment with wanting to change and, you know, what we preach and teach, just fill out that application and we'll have somebody reach out, man. Other yeah. than that. Do, you said do hashtag notes? Yes. Hashtag notes in the comments. Hashtag there notes we and we'll get you the, we'll this document. Uh, I'll probably PDF it and get it over to you. So yep. cool guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, if you want the actual notes, um, email support at empoweredman.co and say, I want the OPF notes. Say so put in the subject line OPF notes. If you are on the podcast and you're listening to this, um, if not, if you're in the group, hashtag notes and we'll get it to you. 
Hey, this is Mark Santiago, CEO and founder of Empowered Man. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. However, before you go, I want to give you a special invitation. Now, listen, we've got a program that is designed specifically for men who are hurting right now, who are on the verge potentially of divorce, who are facing potential separation or already separated, and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They're dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with cheating. They're dealing with all kinds of shit. If that's you, I want to challenge you to take the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. That's right, the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. You can go to emchallenge.com right now and sign up for the 30-Day Challenge. Here's why I think you should do that. If you're hurting, you need to understand why you're hurting. You need to understand what is actually going on. In week one of the challenge, we are gonna actually rip off that Band-Aid a little bit and coach you through that process. And then we continue to do that process all the way to the point where you start to make decisions that are empowered instead of disempowered. I don't know about you, but I would much, much, much rather make decisions from a place of strength than a place of weakness. So if you're facing decisions, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond when my wife is being toxic? I don't know what to do. My wife is cheating on me. I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't love me. I don't know what to do. We are going to help you find those answers within. Now look, this 30 day challenge is probably unlike any other you've been a part of. Why? Because not only do we have daily assignments happening in the program every single day, but you also get live group coaching calls. I said live group coaching calls with myself and my lead coach. That's right, I am a part of this. It's not just some other people doing it. I am there live with you every single week call that we are on. Third part of that is you're gonna have a community of other guys that are going through exactly what you are going through. And the best part of this, this isn't even a fraction of the price we could charge for it. In fact, at some point we may raise the price, but right now it is at a bargain. So go to emchallenge.com, emchallenge.com to take the Empowered Man 30 Day Challenge and I will see you on the inside.